Hey, welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality with Sydney DeLorean. That's me. And we have Casey back on the show. Uh, how's it going, Casey? It's going great. How about you? I'm doing all right. I'm excited to have you back. Um, you did an episode with me about doppelgangers, and it got mm-hmm. a lot of positive response. So I'm ready to do it again. Awesome. You excited for Halloween? I am super excited for Halloween. Um, give me one second. My boss just called me and I thought my oh, phone no. was on do not disturb. Because if there's oh. one thing I don't like, it's my boss bothering me when I am not getting paid and I'm trying to do a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's all right. I uh, I just blocked his number. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's just, hey, this is my life hack out there. Block your boss's number and then you can't be bothered when you're not at work yep that's right <laughs> um, so you done anything I'm sorry no 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 you go ahead I'm sorry no I was just wondering if you've done anything to get ready for the the best time of the year um well I um I've done some decorating around the inside of the house nothing serious um, mm-hmm. but, uh, Zach and I went to, uh, Knott's Scary Farm, um, which is the Halloween nighttime event that Knott's Berry Farm does. And let me tell you, it is too scary for me. <laughs> I've seen the YouTube walkthroughs of it and it looks pretty tame. I do remember you telling me that you weren't a haunted house person, but of course I can't really officially attest to it cause I haven't been there either. So I haven't seen it for myself, but I did go to a haunted house last night as well. Oh, how was it? It was good. I got there before my friends did and I had to use the loo. So I had to (laughs) use this outhouse in the middle of the woods, knowing that there were clowns walking around nearby. And also the lock on the door was broken. So let me tell you, that was a whole new level of vulnerability right there. Yeah, Um, I don't like that. No, but it, it was a great time though I uh like I said I I'm not easily spooked but I do let let myself let my guard down because I don't want to be a snob about it like oh you didn't scare me um I do let myself get scared if I do get startled and so we just had cider and donuts afterward and sat around a fire and that was pretty cozy oh man I love fall we don't have fall like that in Arizona and it's really no I, I grew up in Michigan, and so there was a lot of hay rides, cider and donuts. We used to do a train tour of the fall colors, and they would serve you cider and donuts on the train. Like, just really oh, fun fall activities. Um, that sounds amazing. Yeah, out here it's not the same. Although, tonight we're going to go see um, Zach's friend, Darren. He's a retired police detective, and he does a haunted house at his house every year. And so we're going to go see uh, Darren's haunted house. Apparently, it's very elaborate, so I'm excited to see what he has going on. Oh, okay. That'll be exciting. <laughs> um, I went to Salem this past weekend, as I told you. And let me tell you, tourist season is murder. As fun <laughs> as it was, it's murder. I highly recommend visiting in either September or November. I believe the last time I was I was on this podcast I told you that I had been there two years before and even then I didn't seem to be nearly as busy and as someone who's much who is mostly an introvert crowds make me really nervous and mm-hmm. edgy so 
But that said, I won't bitch about, about it anymore, though. I really did have a pleasant time there. Um, my only other regret is that I didn't wear a costume because it was so fun to pe- see people walking the streets all dressed up in their Halloween costumes. I mean, being in Salem is like being in a nice little Halloween parade. Um, yeah, it's it's always it, you feel a lot of regret when you're surrounded by people in costume and you aren't. Um, I reached out to Matt Farley of Moturn Media fame because he lives in Danvers, which is next door to Salem, and they actually used to be called Salem Town until the late 1600s, and him and his wife have been going every weekend in October and dressing up and taking the kids, and um, he said the locals really hate the Halloween season just for what it does to traffic. Um, but he loves it. He's like, I don't know what they're complaining about because we have so much entertainment that what's a little traffic? And I thought that was a good attitude to take because you had to travel far to go to this thing. And imagine having that in your backyard. Oh, I know it. Uh, what's kind of funny to me is you would think that in a town with such a tragic history, you would feel a lot more negative juju about the place I guess um because usually I feel like I can pick up on that fairly well but I don't really get that in Salem um I don't know if it's mostly drowned out by like the party atmosphere like oh my god spooky it's full time but (laughs) I don't know Um, or maybe it it's been how many hundreds of years has it been since the witch trial close to 400 right Right, that's true. So maybe the time has gotten the bad energy out. Yeah, maybe. Although I will say, and I know it wasn't as early as the 1600s, but I went to Germany a couple years ago for because I was on a trip to Europe, and I went to one of the concentration camps, and oh man, that was ugly. Oh, I I, yeah, I I think that would be a really heavy-hearted feeling to be in that place. Oh, I mean, it, don't get me wrong. I was honored to be there to see the history of it, but it was awful. I mean, my sister and I were tearing up and everything. But, um, well, though I didn't get to visit the Salem Witch Museum or any of the big profile things as I might have liked to, just due to the high traffic. And also, I came on a bus, so had I had more control over timing, I definitely would have gotten there earlier. I did do more low-key things. Um, I sat down for a little lunch at, um, and I had the most buttery, delicious lobster bisque that ever was. And I just bought these cute little knickknacks to take home with me. Um, and also, I was doing my research on, if this didn't give away, you guessed it, the Salem Witch Trial. <laughs> Were you working on your <laughs> research while in Salem? Yep. Yep. I was uh, taking notes and taking pictures of anything noteworthy to talk about. Um, Did you do, so did you, were you just there for the day? Did you stay the night? No, I was just there for the day. Um, The the bus trip was fairly local, but I did have to drive an hour out just to get to the bus stop. Oh, okay. And then it was like a three to four hour bus ride. And so, um, like I said, it was kind of nice not to have to worry about, um, gas too much or navigating it because I wasn't at the wheel but and at least in Salem so I didn't have to navigate the traffic which I'm honestly not complaining about 
Yeah, I um I don't like driving uh, on vacation because it's mm-hmm. just it's difficult to navigate unfamiliar territory, especially when it's crowded. Um, and did the bus take you like right to where you needed to be? Um, for for the most part, yeah, they kind of dropped us off at the heart of the city, and so you could just go wherever. Um, also, there was no itinerary really; you were just kind of left to your own devices until the bus came to pick us back up later in the day do they close down any of the streets like is there a district where they close it down like a street fair or are the streets still open yes they did close some streets down and thank goodness for that and well, they... not so much for the drivers but um and then there's are do they set up vendors in the street are there parades what is it what does this vibe look like halloween time at salem Oh, man, it's just so cool to see. Um, Yes, they do have lots of vendors. There's little tents set up um, with uh, T-shirts, necklaces, uh, witch hats. And I was kind of thinking about that earlier um, because I would see a bunch of people walking around in witch hats. And I thought, like, yeah, that's fun to do. But it was also at the time when all this witchcraft or accusations of it was happening it was horrible and so I was kind of debating with myself about I don't know uh whether or not but anyway um I went to the Count Warlock's Nightmare Gallery Ooh, what's um, that that's a wax museum of all these horror characters such as Carrie Alien and that I also noticed a couple new additions like uh the some characters from the second it movie oh are they full size yes that's amazing yeah that was really cool i i had also gone there last year or i'm sorry not last year uh, the last time i was in salem as well and but it is worth seeing i would say um they also have a little room off to the side where you can sit and watch a movie and i don't know if they play the same film or if they mix it up a little bit but when I went there they were playing last man on earth I believe it was called and that was like a zombie film oh I've never even heard of that one no it's a black and white one so it's from quite some time ago but um I think the dog dies in it so I was like okay I'm not gonna watch (laughs) (laughs) um and um is this wax museum what was it called Count Orlock's Nightmare Gallery is it something that is open year round or is it a pop up just for the Halloween series uh, season? I think it's open year round, but let me just double check. Um, yeah, that sounds really amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I looked on this website uh, because um, Matt said that they call the sort of street entertainment organizing it's called haunted happenings and so i went to if you type in haunted happenings sorry haunted happenings salem um they have all these events uh for the month and there's something going on there's several things going on every day of the week it look more so on weekends obviously um Mm -hmm. but it looks like yeah that, that you can really uh I don't know, make make a day, make a weekend, make a week out of it. Um, they really have some fun stuff going on. Yeah, and I was regret, because I did see some of the goings on for haunted happenings, and I was re- regretful that I couldn't attend them, because our bus was to leave at 6.30 that night, 
And so it wasn't like I could go on any of the candlelight walks or ghost tours, but it was all right. I mean, like I said, I had a fairly low-key day. I I just remember I finished off the day by having churros and sitting in the square to enjoy some live music, and that was good enough for me. Yeah, it sounds great. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, is this something, so you went two years ago, but not during the Halloween season? Actually, surprisingly, we did go during the Halloween season, but what's weird to me is I don't remember it being nearly so mobbed as it was. Okay, so it's something that's expanding. Yeah, and I I actually forgot whether or not it was closer to Halloween or if it was a little bit earlier in the month, so that might explain it as well, but I am thinking about maybe planning another trip to Salem um, when it's not during October, even though that's probably the most optimal time to go. But, um, oh, I did double check the website for Count Orlocks, and they're open from March to October. So for the most part, they're open year-round, but they do also take a little hiatus. That makes sense during the cold season. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go to Salem next October because um, the Motern Media Extravaganza in Danvers is, um, I believe, October 24th. And so I think what we're going to do is go out early and you know spend some time in Boston spend some time in Salem um, and make a week out of it so this is good uh, reconnaissance for me so I can start planning that trip I think I should probably book my hotel within the next month just because uh, hotels sell out um, at the end of October in Salem oh definitely and also if you're planning on visiting the Salem Witch Museum which is really cool. It's like this huge gothic-looking castle, and they have all sorts of they have live uh, reenactments and wax figures and all sorts of history inside. And I recommend buying tickets for that ahead of time as well, because I did try to go during the day on Saturday, and unfortunately, the next show available showtime that wasn't sold out was six o'clock, and I thought, oh no, I'm not going to have time. Oh bummer. Yeah, and also I had somebody get mad at me for not letting them cut me in line. Um, <laughs> I so I was walking to the line, and the, I in my peripheral vision I saw this woman also walking toward it, and I noticed her noticed me walking toward it, and she sped up, and so I thought, okay, fair enough, you know, it's not a race. Whoever will get the gets there first gets there first, but. I still ended up uh, getting to the line before her and she started sort of edging forward until she was in front of me. And while I'm not necessarily one for confrontation, I also don't didn't necessarily want to be a doormat either. So I just kind of quietly stepped back in front and she was like, wow, okay, I see how it is. And <laughs> I didn't engage any further, but good for you. Oh my God. What? Cause <laughs> it's hard in those moments to not be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Where, <laughs> where did you leave your manners? Cause maybe you should go there and get them. <laughs> yeah. She probably left them in the suitcase back at the hotel, but, um, well, it didn't bother me too much. Cause, um, I, she was talking very loudly behind me to her boyfriend and she didn't seem like a very happy person. And I thought, I'm just here to have a good time. It's not, it's not her, 
it's not me it's her so yeah Um, (laughs) it's a very good attitude I um recently Zach and I went to see Steve Martin and Martin Short perform live and it was amazing but while we were waiting for the show to start this couple behind us was talking trash about everybody there like and being like and like the show hasn't started yet and they're they're looking over at a guy sitting by himself in a row and they're like oh how sad I guess some people just don't have anybody blah 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 and like meanwhile first of all it's totally okay to go to shows by yourself and second of all he was waiting for his family to come of which three generations like his kids and his kids kids showed up and then they were like uh I can hear them. They're behind me and they're like, oh, I really wish there was no one in front of me. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, and I, I was wearing tall shoes. So had I been standing up, I would have been blocking their view. But this was a seated show. And they're like, right. she's going to get in front of us with those shoes on. And I was like, um, yeah, my yes, shoes. I am. Yeah, I am. And my shoes actually don't affect my height when I'm sitting down, you <laughs> dumb pieces of shit. But it made me feel... <laughs> so uncomfortable having I'm like what do you mean you wish there was nobody sitting in front of you if you if that's your dream buy a front row seat because otherwise buy out all the seats or you're sitting in the auditorium by yourself yeah otherwise you're gonna have to be around other people and I just you know I didn't say anything to them because what am I gonna do get in a fight you know I'm, right. I'm we're dressed up. We're not. We're not fighting with people. But it's very hard to not be like. Can, are you serious? Yeah, that's so awkward. Yeah, I just, uh, I just, I, I'm on a campaign that everybody needs to work on their manners a little bit. Um, I'm not saying I'm exempt from that. I have bad manners sometimes. But oh my gosh, <laughs> the people seem to have forgotten how to like exist in shared space. Yeah. Well, I feel like sometimes. Um when you sort of have a lapse like that at least for me that comes mostly from me being nervous and anxious rather than actually trying to um hurt other people and so and trust me after I go to a party or something I'll look back and be like oh no I hope I didn't accidentally offend this person or something like that um just because you're not really thinking about it at that moment yeah it's not a it's a it's an oopsie not a malicious thing or a self-centered thing um yeah but if you're purposely cuddling, cutting people in line that's another thing uh, go make some hot chocolate or something stop being so awful to people <laughs> that is solid advice um <laughs> anything else uh about your trip to salem before we get into the history um no i think that about covers it well, everyone, go to Salem next October, and you might get to meet me there because um, I'm going to be there the week uh, preceding the 24th. And uh, and then you can go to the Motern Media Extravaganza and have a good uh, good time. Um, so, what are we? What are we? Where do we want to start with these witch trials? Okay. Well, the topic of today's episode stems from the time period of 1692 in colonial Massachusetts. And at the time, the people in Salem were Puritans, and Puritanism arose from the Church of England in the late 1600s. And those who practice it don't believe in venturing far outside of what the Bible says. So just very rigid, very repressed. uh, And so just basically a recipe for disaster. And um, 
I and I saw this at the museum. Children were Puritan children were apparently discouraged from showing emotion, including sadness, anger, excitement, overt happiness, just very stoic. Um, and I'm willing to wager that this, this is part of what created a perfect storm for the hysteria that followed. Dude, it does not breed healthy a healthy adult to have an no. emotionally <laughs> repressed childhood. I, the, total aside, but I, I uh, listened to a thing where this expert said a possibility for the rise in serial killers in the 70s is that um, the people who are in their mid-20s in the 70s were raised by uh, veterans returning from World War II. And they those veterans had seen a lot of horrors and were very emotionally repressed and shut down. And that yeah, PTSD po- and everything. Yeah, and possibly something about like that home dynamic led to children who didn't know how to express themselves or have empathy. Um, and that's why we had... I mean, we still have serial killers, but there was an explosion of them in the 70s. Um, mm-hmm. And then it kind of came back down. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So repressing your telling, telling children not to express themselves is not great. Nope. Yeah, I totally believe that. And I think that's a really interesting theory that ventures outside the usual criteria, like head injury or, um, or what else? Emotional trauma. Like it doesn't even have to be emotional trauma it could just be lack of um emotional expression well yeah and you know what maybe maybe it also is a head injury because those those children it was back when you beat your kids um my mom was part of that generation and she got the shit beat out of her every single day growing up um even (laughs) even if her siblings were bad she got beat up and so like I mean Ugh. that it's just traumatic. Also, don't hate your kids, please. Please don't. Please don't. It reminds me of that my favorite martyr episode where Karen said, uh, "I think it was Karen who said this." She said, um, "If your kid bumps her, bumps his head, send him back." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. Um, Okay, so these Puritans, they come over from England. It's part of the Church of England, and they settle and create these colonies in Massachusetts. Um, And then, and they're they're there, they're repressing their children, um, reading nothing but the Bible, I assume. Yep. And then what happens? So Samuel Paris was a minister in Salem, and... Actually, before he was ordained, Salem's churches had been comparatively lax in their standards for um, ways of living and church membership. However, Paris was extremely rigid in his ways, strictly adhering to the Bible and traditional religion. In other words, he's probably one of the reasons all this insanity started in the first place. Thanks, Sam. Um, Samuel Paris was the overseer of a woman named Tituba, who was captured from her village in South America and sold into slavery in Barbados where he later purchased her. Um, Just a side note here, I still feel so sickened and I always will be by the fact that we actually had a time period where we sold people like they were cattle or sheep. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah, (laughs) Jesus. But um, Tituba would look after Samuel's daughter Elizabeth and sometimes her cousin Abigail Williams would come over. Um, that was probably the most fun they had. Um, 
but she was enter- she would entertain the girls telling them stories and teaching them fortune telling tri- tricks and singing songs and um see I see poor Tatuva as like a cool babysitter who's probably doing a better job at parenting the girls than their actual parents. <laughs> well, yeah, especially but. at this era in history where we were owning people, the, those people were raising the children of their owners. Like they had more, they were more hands-on and involved in the parenting than the actual parents. Um, right. So yeah, she probably was like very loving and nurturing and, and fun. Who doesn't want to do for, play fortune telling games? Yeah. And, which just makes the whole thing even sadder. But um, a seemingly innocuous magic trick was thought to be what, what was part of what sent this whole thing just snowballing. So Tatuva taught the girls to drop an egg white into a glass of water and look into the egg white to see their future, which sounds harmless enough, kind of like one of those magic eight balls or something like that. Um, but apparently one of the girls saw a coffin in a glass and just started absolutely losing her shit i mean death is inevitable so technically it is in everybody's future but i can see why this little girl was freaking out because she's only a child Mm -hmm. but um and so it was around this time that these girls began complaining of pain and having fits which included gibberish barking like dogs and contorting into unnatural weird positions kind of like the exorcist Do you think that that is, so I always question everything. Do you think they were really doing that or were they just doing weird kid shit? Because kids like just do weird shit. They like roll around on the ground and contort their bodies because they're just like learning how their body works. And they're like, whoa, I bend this way. I bend that way. I can make this noise. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. I, I don't think it was related to witchcraft at all. I think they were just being kids and that that's actually a perfect segue into my next little bit of my next tidbit of research I did. No, I mean I wasn't there, nor was I any of these girls, of course. So naturally, I don't think any anyone has a hundred percent confidence as to why these girls were acting like this. But I will take a wild guess. So the afflicted girls were either teenagers or preteens, like roughly eleven to. 16 or 17 years old give or take and let's be honest here even in the best of circumstances life can feel pretty skewed at that age like their emotional center control centers are basically on crack and completely out of commission for the most part um well yeah because you haven't learned yet that the feel like you haven't learned yet that your feelings um can be related to hormones so when you're an adolescent and a teenager you're acting more on impulse and feeling and then when you get older you realize like oh especially now that we know about how the female body works I can look at an app on my phone and be like oh this actually doesn't matter I'm just upset about it because I'm about to get my period or like (laughs) I'll like look at a calendar if I'm like obsessing over cutting bangs I'll have I'll look at a calendar and be like no you aren't allowed to make any decisions this week like no yeah no I have one of those as well I think it's um called a spot on and like I remember one week I I cried because I killed a moth or like I burst into tears at the dinner table because I was thinking about how cute my roommate and her boyfriend looked together. 
And then I looked at the app and I was like, okay, this explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, it really helps. And also I am, I sometimes I'm like, I should get Zach to have like a copy of it on his phone just so <laughs> he can like know, like I'm not, because <laughs> basically when I get hormonal, I know that I'm hormonal and I just like, I, I'm on a timeout. I need some alone time because like, yeah. I'm, yeah, because I, I know that I'm, the more I interact with somebody, the more chances are I'm going to be mean or do something wrong. Right. And so I'm like, man, Zach needs a copy of this on his phone so he can check and be like, oh, she's not being standoffish because we're like having tension. She just needs to be alone. Right. I I think I'm honestly pretty chill on mine, but I am I'm naturally a crybaby even when I'm not uh, on my cycle. And so when I am, I'm just a little bit more vulnerable to that. But other than that, I'm pretty chilled out and I just need some extra peanut butter or chocolate and I'm fine. That's a solution to so many of life's problems. (laughs) Um, So these chicks are probably, they're just, they're being teenage girls is what we're thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking hormones are everywhere, probably. And as I said earlier, they were complaining of pain. And I think this also could have been PMS related. And now on top of puberty and all that fun, wonderful stuff at a society that, as I said, is extremely repressive where you probably got whipped for showing your elbow or eating an extra piece of bread or something. And um, the girls here were probably quite miserable all this teen angst were no, with nowhere to go, no healthy outlets of, or ways of addressing it and moving forward. And as we said, they also lack the emotional maturity to actually act upon expectations of keeping that kind of behavior under wraps. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I think I agree that it was more of this than anything of the spiritual kind, and it just bubbled it out of control completely. Um, what about the theory? Uh, are you familiar with the ergot theory? Um, yes. So let me see if I can remember this correctly, because I saw it in a PBS documentary 20 years ago, that mm-hmm. ergot is a mold that can grow on weeds, and it has hallucinogenic properties. It's basically LSD. And so some people, this is the fun with history, is when people like go in the Wayback Machine and come up with theories on Jack the Ripper or whatever. And so someone theorized that perhaps people were wiling out because their wheat was um, contained ergot. And so they were tripping balls. I think that's a possibility. I um and I was talking about this with somebody earlier though um I think if it was ergot or whatever it's called um I feel like everybody would have been showing those symptoms not just these little girls okay and it was pretty specific to this group of young girls yeah okay because yeah, I feel like everybody would um if everyone was eating the bread that supposedly contain the that poisonous uh those poisonous properties then everyone would have been acting like that but yeah. um it was mostly those girls that were behaving that way and then I feel like I honestly feel like the rest of the accusations of witchcraft were just mostly based upon personal biases against people rather than legitimate 
suspicions of any spiritual uh, hoodoo. Oh, yeah. Well, when you like someone, it's really easy to overlook their flaws. And when you dislike Mm -hmm. someone, it's really easy to, to, like, only see the flaws. So um, I I can see that, too. It just kind of being a personal vendetta and, like... Why? Why did? Why are these chicks existing? They should be seen and not heard, or whatever. Mhm. Yeah, and I do remember one of the victims of the Salem trials was a woman named Rebecca Nurse, and she was, uh, she was kind of like one of those cool PTA moms who brings cookies and is just everyone's friend. And so I, I remember hearing about it and that it was really surprising for everyone when she was accused of being a witch because they're like we love her right because she was considered such a pious and upstanding citizen um Um, how long were these freakouts going on like was it like a week two weeks uh, a year it was it was a shorter amount of time right they didn't just go like oh things are weird for an entire year uh let me double check because i remember um looking it up but i don't remember what it said um no worries i'll uh i'll fill space while you look it up and um pontificate on something or other (laughs) yeah because i remember it didn't just stop abruptly it just sort of bubbled out but it seems like um it it went on for about a year um because it all started in 1692 and of and in may of 1693 um, the remaining accused witches who hadn't been hung yet were ordered to be released. And But I feel like part of the problem with that is, other than that, I feel like not much damage control had been done. Um, I, I don't, from what I've seen, nobody really offered a legitimate apology. And But I think they just kind of swept, tried to sweep it under the rug and act like none of it happened yeah yeah that seems to be a thing where people don't want to admit fault or they want to say oh it was these people I was just there for the ride um yeah especially in this time period because um this was definitely a kind of society like that believed in the saying the devil made me do it where everybody just blamed everything on Satan rather than taking accountability for whatever might be wrong um because when the girls started having fits like that rather than chalking it up to teen angst and boredom or just kids being kids Reverend Paris and the doctors that they took the girls to just immediately jumped to the idea that it was a work of the devil and that um they needed to seek out these witches and kill them um okay so wait so the girls are taken to the doctor and the doctor does not know what's happening and rather than say hey I don't really know what's happening he said it clearly is the work of the devil because I know everything and if I if (laughs) if I don't know it must be the devil right and this was also probably a time period where they didn't know much about women's bodies and so um Rather than owning up to, like, not being humble enough to say, I don't know, because he couldn't find anything anything physically wrong. He was just like, it's Satan. It's the devil. Um, this show is, this episode is really picking on a lot of my pet peeves. 
Um, and one of them is when people um, can't just admit that they don't know. Because admitting that you don't know, number one, is being honest and it's not going to cause any damage. And number two, it leaves you open to learning. Um, I just am like, no one expects anyone to know everything. That's not the way the human mind works. It doesn't know everything. So just admit that you don't know and let's, you know, move on towards solving the problem and finding, finding actual answers and not blame it on the devil. Right. I mean, we're not computers and I, um, I, for one, am comfortable with telling people like, this was entirely my fault or I'm sorry, I don't really have an answer for your question. And the worst case scenario, it, it's a little awkward because <laughs> you don't, they don't really know where to go from there. If I say, I'm sorry, I don't really know how to help you, but they move forward and the world doesn't start on fire. Yeah. And also if you like cultivate a culture, which obviously these Puritans weren't, but a culture where it's okay to admit fault and be wrong, then like it just makes for a lot healthier of a society because like it's not easy to admit that you were wrong. Like it's embarrassing. It hurts your soul. It hurts your confidence. But it's your pride, yeah. Yeah, but then it makes it worse if when you're like, listen, I was wrong, I fucked up, and then people come at you for it, it makes it hard, you know, that's why people keep secrets. Um, And on our episode, I think about STIs, I was talking about how people who, like, herpes is super common, a lot of people have genital herpes, but people keep it a secret and they don't tell their partner because they're afraid that the partner will, you know, think they're disgusting, tell everyone, make them embarrassed. And I'm like, that is the culture that leads to herpes keep keep being spread, right? Because people, exactly. yeah, people aren't being honest about it and then it's getting spread more. And I just, it's like, can we please just listen a little more and judge a little less, uh, Sydney DeLorean, um, I, I don't, I'm not running for office in any year, so I, that was not a campaign speech, but it sounded like it. Yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> I, uh, I lost my train of thought for a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah, this definitely was just a horrible breeding ground for so much guilt and shame and, um, and the actual term witch hunt, which is horribly misused nowadays, but, um, I can see how this kind of thinking just created this complete knockdown, drag out, awfulness tragedy. Well, well, once you say that this ailment is being caused by the devil, you gotta hunt the devil down. Um, and plus, it gives you something to do outside of like. I at this time, I, I assume people are spending their days you know, farming crops, yeah, churning butter and like (laughs) that sort of stuff. So it's like, well, what else can we do? You know, there's not Netflix. So let's go on a witch hunt. Yep. And I can't wait to get to the part where we talk about signs that, um, signs that somebody was a witch, but because it's all just so random and I remember reading through them and I was like how does any of this make sense (laughs) but anyway not long after Tituba was accused of practicing witchcraft and bewitching the girls and she was therefore labeled as a witch and see this just um makes me like Tituba even more 
she knew how to play the field. Like she, rather than denying it, she was like, you know what? Yes, I am a witch. And she, she knew how to play these people, these dumb (laughs) Puritans. But, um, in addition to her being at the center of suspicion, two other women were the first to be accused of witches. And these women were Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne. And the Good family was homeless and could often be seen begging for food and work, relying on others for shelter and charity. And Sarah Good herself was known for cussing out people who did not respond to her pleas for charity or help of any sort. And unfortunately, this put a big target on her back because people were like, oh, oh, no, she's cursing people. Therefore, she must be a witch. Oh, and that supports your theory that this is just a personal vendetta. So people don't like her because they're like, dude, she asked me for change. I didn't have any change. I was like, I don't have any change. And then she tore me a new one. And so Mm -hmm. now she's on she's on everyone's shit list. She has a target on her. Yeah, exactly. And um. On the other hand, while Sarah Osborne had a home, she had recently been in legal conflicts with her children over wanting their house for her new, her and her new husband, and she was not known for attending church nor easily following the rules of puritanical society, and so that made her a big candidate for witchcraft as well. Well, yeah, if if the devil is out there, uh, you want to look for the person who isn't going to church because obviously they aren't in church because they're, you know, dealing with the devil. Yeah, and at the time, Salem was known to be a quarrelsome town, and that's actually why Samuel Paris was ordained as minister because they were trying to kind of quell this a little bit, but tensions were running high, and so I feel like naturally with all this emotional suppression and tensions running high. I feel like eventually outside of Tatuba and the girls, they just walked away from legitimate reasons to accuse someone of witchcraft and just started doing so because they were enemies with those people. Gotcha. So it was a, it's a, was a good opportunity to throw someone you don't like under the bus. Yeah, exactly. They basically just had, had it handed right to them when the girls started acting up and this further supports my theory um Bridget Bishop was one of the was another victim and she was actually the first person to be hanged for witchcraft and she was the object of public scrutiny because she had been married four times oh god I can't even yeah at that time being around was she a Puritan obviously a fallen Puritan yeah, and again, this is just judgmental bullshit justified by Puritanism. And it and it goes to show you that blaming a woman for multiple marriages rather than considering factors such as domestic violence, abuse, or things just not working out, or possibly even blaming the man is unfortunately timeless and just goes way back. Oh, yeah. Um, I We did an episode on divorce, and we touched on that, how, like, Women used to not even have cause for divorce. It it didn't matter if the guy was physically abusive or whatever. It still wasn't. They still couldn't file for divorce. And even now in some, you know, cultures and religions, getting divorced and remarried is seen as really bad. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. Was I supposed to stay and get beaten every day because 
Otherwise, I'm a bad person. Right. Especially in the church. Yeah. That's what goes on nowadays. Just awful. Um, so, yeah, but, four marriages is a lot for that time period. Yeah. And she was also known to keep her home stocked with refreshments, like, for for travelers, probably alcohol. And she also had a shovel board for her guests so that they could play games. And she was observed to often wear black and red, which was seen as quite scandalous at the time. I mean, I don't know what it is. I mean, the horse, the whole thing is horrible and tragic, of course. But for some reason, Bishop's story especially just makes me sad. She, um, she just seemed like a person you could have a beer with. I mean, well, she's obviously having like fun game nights. She has all these fun games at her place, like which and now we think of as like the most wholesome fun you could have. Um, right. What are you supposed to do if you don't have board games? You're just supposed to read your Bible again? Push a stick across the floor, just walk in a circle. I guess. <laughs> I, yeah, it's horrible. But um, though the phrase burned at the stake is usually associated with witchcraft and therefore associated with the Salem witch trials, it's wrongly so in the case of the latter because the main punishment for witchcraft was hanging, although Giles Corey was crushed to death, which just sounds like a horrifying way to go. She, by <laughs> by what? Rocks? Yeah, they... So, he was staked on the ground under planks while stones were piled on him, and it took two days for him to die. Oh my it, god! Awful, awful, awful. Doing that to a person seems really fucking evil. Yeah. Um, apparently, and he was a violent man who wasn't well-liked with his neighbors. And um, he was known for stealing. And he was also, he also allegedly burned down a, man, a barn and beat, beat a hired hand to death. So, so he kind he, of sucked, but... Yeah, he did suck. Probably not a so witch. Just, yeah. And so he was, he was one of the accused witches, and that was, um, that was the way he, well, they weren't executing him for being a witch, necessarily, but he was crushed to death to make him talk, because oh. he wasn't holding up to it, he was like, I'm not a witch, this is ridiculous, um, you're all crazy, and so, um, that was more torture than punishment, like, they were trying to get him to talk, but still just... But oh. if he had... If they had coerced him into confessing to being a witch, they would have then killed him anyways. There's no winning in that right. situation. Right. So, therefore, he wasn't executed... No, he was executed not for witchcraft or, as, or what else he did, but for refusing to agree that the court had the right to try him. Oh, man. And also, it kind of reminds me of... Well, of course, not as hor horrible and severe, but just um, some sometimes like the interrogation techniques that they use in the legal system. Because um, I took a forensic psychology course and I learned about that kind of thing. And the police basically trick suspects into thinking that they committed the crime, even if they didn't. And like, for example, they could tell people, we already have a tape of you doing this, even if the person is perfectly innocent. And so 
But yeah, they don't feed them and they keep them in a room awake for 18 hours. And then, you know, it messes with their mind. And it's just, uh, I know that some work is being done to make those type of confessions illegal and inadmissible in court because it's just horrific. And like, we've proven that, that, that it doesn't work. You're coercing a false confession. Yeah, and um, that also kind of plays into what happened with, and this is just horrible. Um, I mean, it, don't get me wrong, it all is, but um, Dorothy Good was the daughter of um, Sarah Good, I believe. Um, I, f- I feel like there's a lot of goods in this. Story. <laughs> it's a very <laughs> common Puritan last name for sure. Yeah, either, either Dorothy either good or the name Sarah, because the name Sarah also comes up a lot. Um, Yes, uh, Dorothy Good was the daughter of William and Sarah Good, and she was only four years old at the time all of this was happening. So when when, uh, Sarah was being interrogated, they also threw her daughter into jail and interrogated her. And at the time when they were doing interrogations like that, they took signs of a person being in fear as evidence that they were guilty rather than like, she's just a four year old girl and she doesn't know what's going on. Like, of course she's terrified and she has all these grown men screaming at her. Just horrible. Oh my God. That's horrific. It is horrific. And, um, even sadder is she was eventually released from jail when I think she was 16, but she was permanently scarred from it and just never recovered. Well, yeah, if you went into jail as a four-year-old and you aren't released until you're 12, or I'm sorry, until 12 oh. years later when you're 16, that's insane. It, it's oh, despicable. It's disgusting. Yeah. I don't imagine yeah. you, like, easily reintegrate into society at that point, like... No, and I actually went to the Wax Museum and there were some parts of it that just really saddened me and that was definitely one of the parts because they um it was a wax museum so they had um wax figures to accompany the facts and so for dorothy or dorcas's as she was sometimes called story um they had this little wax figure that looked like she had been crying and i was like oh honey oh that is i mean that's terrible it's rough yeah and um, there was also, a, I'm sorry. No, no, no. You go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. There was also a statue, um, of a couple of the accused witches that made me really sad. Um, I think it had Sarah Good and Sarah Osborne in it. One of them had fallen on the ground, and the other was clutching her and just looking so, um, desperate and, um. And I think it really stood for what that time was like and just how uh, sad the whole thing was. Um, yeah. So over the course of a year, this idea of witchcraft and possession is like spreading throughout the town. And so people, person after person, keeps being accused of being a witch. And I almost assume it breeds a culture where people start accusing others of being a witch because it's like accuse or be accused yourself. Um, yes. And it's just, it's insane to me that like, it managed to get away from people like so quickly 
that they're just killing their neighbors and um, leaving children without parents and stuff. Where most of the yeah. women, so this one woman, she's married and she has a kid. Most of them were younger, so they weren't married yet. Right, and most of the victims were women. I think there was only a couple male victims, such as John Proctor. And it. I also have an additional theory that most of this was just kind of, just had an underlying current of sexism. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. It's just, Okay, here's an example. Here's a modern-day example that in no way mimics the severity of what we're talking about. But right. um, women are constantly being persecuted and mocked for having vocal fry. Um, and it's presented as something that only women have. It's only and and female radio hosts are ridiculed for it and saying, "Oh my God, how could NPR put this woman on? She has vocal fry." Um, mm-hmm. But linguists have proven that men and women have vocal fry in the same, like it's it's as common with both of the genders, and it's also possibly just a development of language because language and vocalization changes over time that's like we actually don't talk the same way that people at this point in time in Salem spoke right like language evolves however men are never mocked or ridiculed for having vocal fry even though they have it in the same degree that women do and so this is just one of those things that these women probably weren't doing anything near what the men were doing but it was out of line for a female and therefore they must be a witch Oh, yeah. Like, imagine hating women that much that you start um, being an asshole to them just because of the way they talk. I mean, it's the way they talk, the way they dress, the way they express themselves. Even stuff like having balloons for your birthday. Like, I, um, I remember seeing something somewhere, you know, those big golden or rose gold number balloons that a lot of younger women like to have for their birthday yeah myself included i had them for my 22nd birthday um i someone was like calling this one girl a slut um or girls basic bit something like basic bitches for having those balloons i was like it's balloons it's, it's balloons. Stop it. People hate when women um, do anything, really, and they'll target any sort of commonality or thread or subculture. Um, the I'm Horrified podcast did an episode about Visco girls and mm-hmm. how it's just like girls who have a certain style and use a photo app. And it's just like a trend among younger girls, but like they get super made fun of and it's like can you just let people have a good time man like like pumpkin spice lattes are good let people enjoy them balloons are fun just like let but like somehow when women do things that they enjoy it's seen as like I don't know tacky or I don't it's it's just so weird to me it's you know just let girls be girls man yeah go Go find something to do. Read a book or take a walk or something. Just stop being awful to women. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so there all these people are getting uh mostly hung, um, sometimes crushed, sometimes burned. 
what is it true that they did the thing where like they tried to they tied you to a board and would immerse you in water and if you drowned then they'd be like oh you're not a witch but if you didn't because they were thinking oh witches don't drown so let's <laughs> drown them and see if you know if they live it's a um, yeah, that is true, unfortunately, and I'm always just staggered by that because it's such a lack, like a, a abominable lack of common sense. I'm like, you're, you're submerging in a living, breathing person in water. If you don't bring them up, of course they're going to drown. Stop. Yeah, um, it's, it just seems like a really flawed uh, scientific test. I don't think they had the scientific method Um in 1692 so i guess people be wiling out um how did things start to wind down um i think ironically things started winding down winding down when a priest or like a member of the church and a man no less was accused of witchcraft which kind of just feeds into um what I said earlier that I think this was mostly just about sexism because when he was accused of witchcraft, everything just kind of seemed to slowly die down after that. Like they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is crazy that you're accusing him of being a witch. He's a man of the cloth. Yeah. Like it was, to we totally were on board when it was just these women. Uh, but now we're starting to think that calling people witches is crazy because someone called a man a witch. How crazy. It's unthinkable. But, yeah. Um, and it was also mostly after the hangings because then it started to really set in, like, oh, my God, we just killed a bunch of innocent people. Um, so kind of like – because mass hysterias die down. Like, it'll – so this is kind of like a mass hysteria situation. Was the priest who was accused of witchcraft, was he killed? Nope. Oh, okay, okay. Of course not. Yep, of course not. But um, in addition to the swimming test, they, and I was laughing about this earlier because I definitely would have been a witch. Um, another sign of a witch was as simple as having beauty marks. Oh. And I have like 60 of them. Um, I have like a crescent moon that runs from my left ear down to the middle of my neck just like a little dotted line of um of beauty marks so I was laughing because I was like okay I definitely would have been a witch you would have been like yeah a total witch um what are the <laughs> <laughs> what are the other signs um another was the touch test so if somebody was having a fit um like going into convulsions or just the usual hysteria that the, the girls these girls had if someone laid a hand on them just to kind of calm them down and they the person did in fact settle down then the person who touched them was seen as a witch oh um, my god just, just being a good person trying to help somebody these fucking idiot puritans <laughs> who didn't love their children and didn't allow their children have emotions what a fucking surprise that they also thought that it would be weird to hold <laughs> someone to comfort them yeah it, like it's a bad thing to care about somebody who's going through it to try to soothe them and uh, 
Yeah, had they never seen a mother like <laughs> rock a crying baby and then the baby calm down? Like, oh how... my god, it's witchcraft. Yeah, like how? What... I just don't understand how you can be a person in any era because, like, even animals like will hold their young to comfort them, and so it's like. <laughs> But you've seen, like, what? How, how are y'all dealing with babies if you aren't holding them to comfort them? What the fuck are you doing? Right. That's insane. Listen, I think in these times, anything that didn't involve wearing long sleeves and long skirts that didn't show your ankles and eating anything other than bread and water, I think anything outside of that realm was seen as witchcraft. Oh, God, it's so depressing. Um, are, are there other signs of being a witch? Yes, and this is disgusting. Um, they would make witch cake, which was baking rye meal and the urine of an afflicted person, like somebody who's having fits of hysteria. So they would mix rye meal and pee into a cake and, like, bake it and then feed it to a dog, which is animal abuse. It's... And if a, a person started screaming as the cake was eaten, they were seen as a witch. Because they cared um, about the dog? <laughs> or, uh, see, this is one of the, I mean, don't get me wrong, all of them are idiotic, but this is especially one of the tests that just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, like, other than, of course, like, not wanting the, because, although I feel like if you bake, if you baked it, the urine, like, the urine would be, um... Like, it's not going to make the dog sick. It's just, like, kind of right. not cool. Right. It's not cool. Because I feel like, um, anything that would have hurt the dog would be baked out of the cake by then. Yeah. But, I don't know. I was like, why would someone start screaming if someone was eating a cake? Uh, other than possibly being concerned about the dog and... So it's just one of those tests that I was like, okay, that I don't see how that makes someone a witch, but okay. Um, yeah, I just, uh, all of these, like, their testing methods are on, like a thousand percent more evil than um, being a witch. Uh, like crushing someone or tying someone to a board and submerging them in water or collecting urine and baking a cake. <laughs> is really fucked up and is way more evil than any sort of than witchcraft. witchcraft yeah. yeah. Um, another one was the pricking and scratching test. Um, if they couldn't find beauty marks like moles or something on someone's body, they would prick them because apparently witches were insensitive to pain and couldn't bleed and so they would like repeatedly just poke this person with a sharp object until the person would bleed and if they did bleed they were not a witch oh there's a test you can actually pass yeah that's good (laughs) Mm, i'm speechless i really (laughs) Are there any other tests? Uh, let's see. We have the water test, uh, the witch cake. There was also incantations in the prayer test. So they would ask the person to pray 
and if they were unable to or if they sh struggled to speak the words then they were seen as a witch rather than maybe they were they're just nervous because of, there's a bunch of people giving them the evil eye and putting them under pressure in public speaking um they were they were under the devil's possession and in league with satan um yeah that's and wild that usually that was usually used as hard evidence and it does kind of remind me of a story one time i got pulled over for having my brace on and they conducted a sobriety test on me because of it i was like I just forgot to turn my headlights off. I'm not drunk driving. But so they took me out of my car, searched my car, and made me count backward from, I don't know, 30 or so. And they also made me, like, touch my fingers and count backwards. And then they said to me, you messed up on the one test. And I was like, I'm sorry. I was nervous because I have four officers standing around me and watching my every move. I'm not, but that's what it kind of reminded me of. Yeah, I am. Um, when I uh, was in high school, I, one of my periods during the day, I worked in the school nurse's office and, um, when she had to she had to learn and practice the field sobriety test so like if students were sent to the office under suspicion of being intoxicated she could do a sobriety test and so she had me you know be her test subject and it was fucking hard because it, the way the questions were worded and here i am just in a mock scenario and i was like yeah. wait wait what huh uh, and i just <laughs> I was like, it definitely put a paranoia in me where I was like, don't ever drink and drive um, because you can't pass that fucking test sober. So, no. Oh, you poor thing. That's horrible. Also, just don't drink and drive, people. Don't do it. No, no please don't. Um, okay, so anything else about witches? Um, I did want to kind of talk about Sa the Salem witch trials and. Uh, modern entertainment. Oh, okay. Um, so, and I kind of collected a list of the examples. And one of the ones that really stands out to me is the movie The Witch. And that that that's fairly recent. I think it came out in 2017 or something. And it has Anya Taylor-Joy in it. But ha had you seen it? Uh-uh, I haven't. I'm not a scary movie person. Yeah, I'm sorry. I uh, corrections corner here. It's not from 2017. It's from 2015. Okay, 2015, um, The Witch. And is it? Does it take place in modern times, or is it a historically based? It's historically based, and that's what's actually really interesting. Is it's set in a time before the Salem witch trials, but it's still set in the 1600s, uh -huh. and also it really plays on the theme of. Uh, puritanism because it's about a puritan family and the oldest daughter takes the baby out one day to um and she's playing peekaboo with him in the woods and he's taken by a by a witch and so um bad shit starts happening in the family you know their crops go bad the one of the goats dies and Rather than just talking it up to bad luck, I mean, really bad luck in the case of literally losing their kid, 
um, they start to become very paranoid and fearful and they start accusing one another of being well they start accusing the eldest daughter of being a witch um especially since the baby was taken when she was looking after him oh okay and and i just see a lot of parallels between this movie and the salem witch trials because you have the familiar formula you have uh puritanical standards you have repression in every aspect emotional sexual everything um you have angsty teenagers who are probably just being kids rather than um in cahoots with the devil and you just have hysteria that completely blossoms out of control and ends in just something horrible um in the end the whole family is dead and the girl eventually does become an actual witch like she signs her soul over to the devil and signs the book and starts floating naked in the woods with a bunch of other women so well sometimes you accuse a, your kids of stuff enough they go well i guess if my if, if everyone's saying i am this thing i am this thing um right it's not it's not great Mm-mm. no there was also the movie the crucible with winona Ryder in oh. it, and they they kind of reenacted the Salem witch trials, but also added a little complicated love triangle and made Winona Ryder's character out to be a complete bitch. Um, um, I haven't seen that one. I know that that's supposedly a really good one, though. Yeah, it's an it's a 1953 written by Arthur Miller, and then they filmed it in um, 1996. Okay. And it wasn't a remake? This was the first filming of it? Was the Winona Ryder one? Yes. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, any other ones that are like a good witch movie? Uh, no movies that I can think of right now, but I did also think of, and I think I brought them up briefly last episode. Um, Well, I'm sorry, not last episode, but the, the one I was last on. Uh, Rob Zombie wrote a song called American Witch and it was about the Salem witch trials and all the awfulness that was taking place Um, some of the lyrics say we all pray for 20 innocents we all hang high 20 innocents and it just talks about how terrible it was for everybody Um, yeah it seems like a a dark time in history Mm -hmm. like I said um I was a bit surprised that I couldn't feel a bit more energy about the place, but I did think what you said was pretty interesting about it just ha- having been 400 years. So maybe it's kind of eroded over time, but. And kind of been replaced by like, cause they say like comedy is um, pain plus time or whatever tragedy plus time. And so like 400 years gives us enough time to uh, really heal. Um from that like because now it's uh it seems like salem is more of a it's has a light-hearted vibe to it it's a lot more fun and like folly um because definitely it's not happening anymore we can make fun of it yeah and salem did really capitalize on it because um i mean it's sort of like that um what's it called a reappropriation sort of like when 
um, people started calling women bitches and eventually we started going like, you know what? Yeah, I'll be a bitch. And we started making it into a fun term like I'm a bad bitch or a, um, like a badass bitch. And we just use it as a playful term to kind of take away the hurtfulness that yeah. it was originally intended to be. And so I, I feel like Salem sort of did the same thing. They started calling themselves Witch City they have um they sell witch hats everywhere and they have um lots of fun little halloween things like cider and donuts and um horror wax museums just so they like i said they just kind of took it and wore it yeah and i like i always say like know your brand and make that money honey i i assume that you know the core of the economy now comes from tourism so it's like, well, if this is what's going to bring in that dollar, let's get it. Let's get the coin. Yeah. And I know initially I was earlier, I was talking about the witch hats and how I was thinking about it. But um, now that I think of it, it's a little bit more understandable, you know. Yeah, especially because it's like, oh, everyone used to be like in shame or terror of being accused of being a witch. And now, like, you can be like, yeah, no, I'm a witch. Look at my hat, you know? Yep. <laughs> yep. It's uh, got a nice little purple ribbon on it and everything. Yeah. So, everyone, go to Salem. Go to Salem next October to see me. Um, and uh, don't accuse people of being witches unless it's your fucking friend with an Instagram that's all about how they're a witch now. And you're like, okay. Yeah, don't accuse them of being a witch until they're, like, cutting a chicken's head off and putting candles around it or whatever. Yeah. Or unless they're like, yeah, I'm a witch, and you're like, cool. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Embrace it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for um, doing all this research and um, going on this reconnaissance mission to uh, Salem. Yeah, it was quite the pilgrimage, and I got to have waffles in the process, so I'm not complaining. Hey, there we go. Do you want to tell everyone to um, have a happy hump day? Happy hump day and happy Halloween. Woo woo.